It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. They count the tip. He got it off in time. I don't know how. Boston's going to win it, and we're going to a game seven. We just gave ourselves another chance. It's not time to celebrate. You know, the job is far from finished, but I've never been so excited to go back to Boston in my life because it's going to be fun. I'm not going to let anybody quit. I'm not going to let our guys quit. We're going to go in there. We're going to win. It's a seven-game series. There's nothing better than game sevens for all the stakes. It was one of the most incredible endings we've seen throughout the course of the entire NBA playoffs. And in the span of just a few days, the narrative has changed wildly. As tonight, we get game seven in Boston, Boston has done the unthinkable. They have come back from a 3-0 deficit and now have a chance to be the first team in NBA history to win a best-of-seven series when trailing 3-0. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPN News. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance. And Harry, I was yelling at my TV Saturday night. I'm sitting there. I got two TVs on. I got one, uh, humble brag, one over here on the Golden Knights. That did not go the way that I wanted it to. We'll talk about that later. And then the other one sitting here on a little NBA action, just hanging out, watching, and everybody's watching the last play of the game. And I'm thinking there's no way that went in in time. There is no way this has happened. But in an instant, we went from all of a sudden thinking Miami had found a way to get to the NBA Finals to realizing that the tip-in is good and Boston is headed back to Boston to fight for Game 7. It was wild, man. Well, just an unbelievable game, Fitz. I think it's going to go down in history as one of the best playoff games, um, especially when it comes to finishing. And the raw of emotions, the raw of emotions from Miami Heat fans from in the arena, watching it on TV, those that was listening to it on radio, feeling like they had an opportunity to, you know, make an NBA Finals appearance for the second time in, I think, in the last four years all to be negated because the shot by Derek White or the rebound and putback by Derek White was good. But then you think about the Boston Celtics fans and their raw of emotions. A lot of them probably thought their season was over. Probably some players thought their season was over. But no, but it also shows you that, you know, guys paying attention to detail. And when I say that, it is that Derek White, it's not a play that tells him to go chase down that rebound and put it back in. Right there, he didn't sit at the three point line and watch Marcus Smart shoot that basketball. You want to know why? Because there are thousands of people in that arena who pay money to sit and watch that that play happen. Being coachable, doing the little things that matter in a basketball game, the hustle plays, the little intangibles that make you a great basketball team, but also gives you life to be able to force a game seven because you did the little things right that coaches shouldn't have to tell you. Follow up, go to the offensive board and try to get a rebound. And Derek White did that in that game. I'm just stunned as I'm watching it while you're talking. They're playing it on the TV broadcast. 
again and again, and I just keep thinking, you know me, man. I live by this whole motto of sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But to be lucky, you got to be good. Like, it all sort of happens together. But there were so many intangible. Like, the the fact that Marcus Smart heaves up the ball with just enough time, and then it hits the rim, but it bounces out. So it rims in and out, but it doesn't take an extra bounce. Like, the slightest extra bounce, and this thing isn't happening. But instead, it comes off of his hands. And you mentioned Derek White playing hard. This is what he said after the game about that play. I was passing it in. Uh, uh, Vincent was on me, and he kind of was up top denying JT, so I couldn't get hit the ball. And I did a good job of denying JB, too, and smart flash hit him, and there really was nobody on me. Um, so I just faced to the corner, and then when he shot it, just tried to crash. Ball came to me, made a shot, so that's what I saw. I mean, Harry, let me let me just re- like go back and rewrite this for you. If I were to tell you on Friday when we were leaving Fitz and Harry, I'd be like, you know what? Got to watch out for Derek White at the end of the game. Like, hey, they're going to have an inbounds pass. It's not going to go to Tatum. It's not going to go to Brown. <laughs> it's going to go to a weird three by Marcus Smart, and they're going to be relying on Derek White. Like, if you drew it up that way, if you're the Heat, you probably feel pretty good. But to your point, there were a bunch of Heat players that just couldn't seem to get that play made, whereas the Celtics were all crashing at one point. It, it just it felt like chaos for the Celtics. They knew everything was on the line, and they got it off with that fraction of a second. Well, it's one of the things that's been hurting the Miami he in this series is offensive rebounds and that may have been the only offensive rebound I think in the second half for the Boston Celtics I got to go back and look at that but that is something that has been transpiring especially these last three games that have cost the Miami Heat these last three games it's offensive rebounding by the Boston Celtics but you got to give them a lot of credit you know for not letting their guards down and continue to have that energy and that spunk to go crash the boards and create second chance points and now they're in the position to make history, to try to make make history and be the first NBA team ever to come that back from being down 3-0 in a series and actually winning it and going to the NBA Finals. Yeah, I think the, the emotion is going to be wild, too. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Jason Fitz. It's Fitz and Harry Takeover, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. And, you know, you, you mentioned emotion. Think about what it's like for the Heat and for the Celtics. If you're the Heat, you're watching that go in, and your immediate thought is, we won. We're headed to the NBA final. Because in that moment, you, you, you didn't know. Yeah. In that well, Gabe, moment, did you see Gabe Vincent? Yep. Gabe Vincent was raising his hand like, no good. We won. We won it. No, nah, boss. Let's go to the monitors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, no. and it's not even just the emotion of like, hey, we lost that game. It's the emotion of we were going to the NBA finals. And yeah. now we got to go back to Boston. Conversely, if you're Boston, there had to be some level of your heart sinking in your chest. Jimmy Butler hits three free throws. It looks like this thing is over. You're not sure you got that miracle off. Looks like your season's dead. And then all of a sudden you go to the replay and everybody's got it. Like the ability to let this game just not be in your mind and reset for game seven for both sides, I think it's going to be wildly difficult. But it's, it's, it's going to be hard, but when you have a trip to the NBA Finals on the line, in which fits, we are a year removed from a Game 7 last year. Game 7 in this series between these two teams happened on May 29th, mm. 2022. So exactly to the date, today is a Game 7 for these two teams with a birth to the NBA Finals on the line. So I think at some point you have to compartmentalize and say, you know what, that was an emotional win for us if you're the Boston Celtics. But we need to lock back in because the job isn't done. If you're the Miami Heat, that was an emotional loss for you as a basketball team. But when you have a coach like Eric Spolster and Jimmy Butler, it's your job not to allow 
your players on your basketball team, let that be, I'll say, the makeup of game seven. There's no time to feel sorry for yourself. you got to regroup. And I love what Spolster said after the game. And, hey, listen, if we can play 48 minutes right now, we want to do that. We yeah. want this, this opportunity. Actually, I have that here. Here is Spo after the game. And listen to the intensity with which he talks here. We wish we could tip this thing off right now. Right now, we want to tip this thing off. And let's play another 48 minutes, but we'll wait 48 hours and, uh, and do this thing in Boston. Harry, that's got, I mean, come on, the former player, and you, you hear him, he's tapping the table. He's into it. You, you <laughs> right know now, oh, right oh, now. Oh, 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 he's giving but it to the, you but, twice. But you're right, though, man. Like, the raw of emotions between the players. Because we talk about the fans all the time and their emotions, right? But these players going through these moments, and you've seen the look, the disbelief on some of the Boston Celtics players' faces. Like, we actually won the game. The shot is actually made. It counted. Now we get a chance for a game seven. We have another lifeline. It's like a black cat. They got nine lives. They, they get another life. Yeah. That, that's that, that, that raw emotion of that. But you can't sit there and ride that emotion when you get to game seven. You need to be locked in. You don't want to come out too high. You don't want to come out too low. You want to be even keel. And you want to you know, do the things possible to make the NBA finals. And if you're the Miami Heat, you can't let that moment have your basketball team go in disarray well, to the point to where you're not able to function in a Game 7. Nick Friedel said after Game 6, our buddy who's covering the team said, shocked, this is his quote, shocked, the disbelief in that Miami locker room was palpable. One of the quietest locker rooms I've ever been in. Everybody seemed a little shell-shocked. About 10 or 15 minutes later, Gabe Vincent played Ed Sheeran's Life Goes On on his phone. I, I, that's real, Harry. I mean, they thought they were headed to the NBA Finals. I have, I, I will say this loudly for the next four hours. I have no idea what the hell to expect tonight. I, I, I would not be surprised <laughs> if Miami comes out with the thunder of the gods. I also wouldn't be surprised if they can't handle the emotion of everything and they just melt away. Like, I have no idea. I am, I am so clueless on what to look for in this Game 7 because I could see so many different ways that Miami comes out. I, I think it's going to be wild. But look, here's the funny part. You just said... Those Heat players thought what? What did they think? They thought they were headed to the NBA Finals. Well, maybe they would have if their two best players would have showed up the entire game. Aha, coming up. The Heat role players showed up. One of the biggest stars in the NBA didn't. How should we actually be viewing Jimmy Butler right now? We'll tell you that next Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. The rhythm feels good, Dave. All right. It's a fitting takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, ESPN2, ESPN News, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app. Good guy. There's a laundry list of places this show is. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented <laughs> by Progressive Insurance. It was an all-timer, and we'll get the follow-up to, a night, to it tonight, Game 7 between the Heat and... And the Celtics. And really, the story was about two stars for Miami that didn't show up. But I got to ask, I got to ask you a question. Apparently, on this show, there's been a lot of conversation about heat culture, and people have wanted to call in and talk about how they're not scared. Miami, how are we feeling now? I, I like how are we Ooh. feeling about heat culture now? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. But I'll also say this, Harry, on mm-hmm. Fitz and Harry, which you can usually listen to noon to three on ESPN radio with Harry Douglas and Jason Fitz, shameless plug. Uh, you and I talked last week about the fact that historically there's no real home uh, court advantage at this point in Boston in- anymore. They had a losing record. Now they're 500 over the last two seasons at home. So I said very loudly on Twitter on a tweet that sort of blew up for us that uh, I'm not scared of them going back to Boston because Boston hasn't been a home court advantage. Here's my question. I think we had 120,000 views on that tweet. I, I, yeah. don't, I don't remember seeing any Celtics fan chime in. If the Celtics win in seven and they come back and then start chirping, can you chirp if you didn't chirp before? Like, can you now chirp that tweet saying, like, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about when the tweet's been out there for a week and nobody chirped it until then? Is it, Are you allowed to chirp, but you have to wait till yeah. the outcome's done? I don't know. No, no, no. I, well, I, I think if your team comes down, like come, comes back from being down 3-0 in a Eastern Conference Finals and they make a finals appearance, I think that gives you a little leverage to go and, you know, chirp a little bit. Because it's something – they would have done something that's never been done in NBA history, right? And that a lot of us thought was impossible and couldn't happen because of, you know, at times them being inconsistent. But nor did we think at this, at this juncture in this, in, in, in this series, especially at Game 7, that the, the stars for the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo would be playing in the manner that they're playing in. Oh, I mean, and let's be clear. They were terrible. Jimmy Butler, I don't care about the final stat line, and I don't even care about the last six minutes of the game. Jimmy Butler missed 12 shots in the paint in game six. That's the most in any of his career, right? Bam Adebayo missed 10 shots in the paint. The Heat had 36 misses in the paint. That's the most in any playoff game in 25 years. It wasn't just that Bam and Jimmy weren't able to get a lot of buckets. It's that they they flat out weren't finishing at the rim. It was weird to watch so many shots rim in, rim out, look weird. Like, those two had terrible games, and Miami was still in it all the way to the very end. I'm stunned by that development. Yeah, well, Jimmy Butler was 5 for 21 from the field, and mm. then you had Bam, who was 4 for 16. Combined, the two guys were 9 of 37 from the field. 
And the Miami Heat still had an opportunity to win this basketball game. But I don't think this this type of thing can transpire in a game seven. You need the guys that you're counting on, your your number one and your number two best player, to step up and make baskets. And I think, bam, I seen the game five. Fitz, you remember how fired up I was about the game five. I thought the Boston Celtics pushed him around a lot in that game five. Uh, being able to let Jason Tatum guard you on the block or whatnot and push you off the block – that that's inexcusable. But then in a, in a game six, I didn't think he lived up to the hype and played in the manner that he should have played. That's bam. I'm talking about. And then Jimmy Butler, when it comes to Butler, I think he's using entirely too many pump fakes. And here's why I say that the Boston Celtics defense, I think have been so disciplined and paid attention to detail to not go for Jimmy's pump fakes. Now it's like, I think it's time for Jimmy to counter to, to counteract. Right. Okay. Just go for the shot the first time initially because it's putting them in bad positions when he pump fakes and then the Celtics defenders aren't going for it. And then we got to give Derek White a lot of credit. He was phenomenal in that game defensively, but the Celtics have been able to throw multiple bodies at Jimmy Butler to try to kind of keep him off his game a little bit in this in, in this last few games. So it's been phenomenal for the Celtics. Not so much for the Miami Heat. Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler's in a slump and has sort of lost some of his confidence. Hear me out on it. Like, you're talking about pump fakes. It just feels like he's making simple things look difficult. But also, even the advanced analytics that you know I like diving into sometimes when we're looking at some of these things, uh, they show you that when he's driving the lane, he's not really looking for contact. He's looking to, to pass the ball right now. Uh, on his drive. Wait, say, say it right there really quick. He's not, though, he's not looking for contact. He's that, looking that, to get rid of it. That That's the thing that really stood out in the game six to me. And I thought the announcers even brought it up. He got fouled one time. And Jimmy was trying to tell the ref that he was trying to shoot the basketball. And clearly, he was close in the paint. And he was trying to pass it. So there's moments where he's in there right by the rim, and he's not even looking to score the basketball. He's looking to pass it. You can't be passive when you're trying to help your team get to an NBA Finals, and you're the top player on that team. In the first two games of this series, Jimmy Butler had basically a 2-to-1 ratio. When he drove the lane, two out of every three times it ended in a shot. In the last four games, he has more passes than shots when he drives the lane. Think about that. If you're looking at the last four games, he's not being as aggressive. And I feel like you and I have said that the last two games, saying this is the game where Jimmy Butler's going to come out really aggressive. It just feels like he can't find his spot to become aggressive with it. I don't – like, there's a moment where I thought aggressiveness meant simply throwing your body into it. He was doing that early into the game. It just wasn't something that he was doing with, A, any level of effectiveness, and, B, any level of finishing. So, like, there's a fine line here. But Jimmy Butler has to be the best player for the Heat – Bam Adebayo has to play better. Right now, Jimmy Butler looks like he's lost his mojo. And Bam Adebayo, like, as hard as is it for me to say this as a 5'9 white guy that doesn't play basketball, like, <laughs> Bam Adebayo looks soft compared to him. Like, he's getting pushed around. Woo! He looks soft. Tell me, uh, tell me this. When you're, when you're looking underneath, you tell me, like, you're watching the end of this game and you're watching Bam go up. There are times that Bam is just he's, – he's out, he's out there, like, trying to get the ball and everybody around him just gets their fast faster they get there with more effectiveness like he just got pushed around underneath tell me i'm wrong he got pushed around well can i say this no lies detected i mean i talked about that game five right and how i felt he was being pushed around on numerous of occasions sometimes it's looking like especially in that game six when bam has the basketball he's so indecisive because he's being you know defense in a tightly manner you got to give al horford some credit because Al Horford has done a phenomenal job in this series and playing defense. 
But it's times where Bam looks a little timid with the basketball because of the Celtics' defense. What, and what and the intensity by them has risen a, 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 a ton. How often do we hear quarterbacks, like we always have that comment from whoever it was a few years ago, I'm seeing ghosts, like when defenses can start to confuse. Uh, like there's a level here. <laughs> Sam, I, I, Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. Sam Darnold, right. I, seeing ghosts. There's a level for me that feels like both Bam and Jimmy are seeing ghosts right now. They don't even know what to do against this defense. It, it, it's wild. Andre in Michigan. Andre, thanks for calling the show, man. What you got for us? Hey, what's up? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Oh, we're great, good, man. Good. How are you? Hey, you know, I'm hey, I'm doing excellent, man. As as a Celtics fan, when we were down three zero, I was nervous. But I told my coworkers, if we get one, that's it. Because I kept saying one game at a time. I made a lot of money on one game at a time. <laughs> These are last of three games. Okay? That's all it takes. And now we're going back to game seven. We're going back to Boston. And it's over. It's over. Ooh. I'm sorry. It's over. Look, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. So, if the Celtics win yeah. this game tonight, when you go to work, tell us. Sh- we want to hear your emotion. How are yeah. you going to be you when, you, when you when you get to work? Yeah. When I come in there, I'm I'm going to be like, "How about them Celtics? How about them Celtics, baby? Four <laughs> straight wins. We are one and one. One in 151. There we go. One mm. in 151. The first team to come back from being down three zip. Oh man, it's over. A, thanks for the call. That's amazing. B, I don't know what's going to be worse if this happens. Celtics fans for the next, I don't know, 27 years saying we are the one that did it, or Greeny for the next 55 years saying he's the one that predicted it on Get Up. Either way, we're all screwed. Like, this is just going to go. Oh. How ironic would it be, though? The Boston Red Sox came uh, back from being down, you know, 3 0 and went and won that series and then went on the war to sit, well, win the war series. I, I, yeah, how, how ironic would that be? that's all the more reason. Like, come on, Boston sports fans have had the Patriots. Like, they've had the Bruins. You're a fan of the Bruins, obviously. Uh, they've had a historic comeback. We're going to give them another historic comeback. Like, at some point, like, let's just let's just share a little of that juju. I, look, I, I've, <laughs> I've got no dog in the fight either way. I, I can't figure it out. I do know that through all of this conversation we've been having, there is actually somebody that might be owed an apology. Maybe the outcome comes of this game means it's time to rethink the way we talk about both of the coaches involved in this matchup. We're going to talk about it next, but first, Harry. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you 
to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Just a few days ago, it was quite clear that one of the biggest issues in this series seemed to be a coaching discrepancy. On one side, you have Joe Mazzula, the young, new head coach of Boston. Can he get enough? Can he do enough to save his job? Are things going to turn around for the Celtics? On the other side, you have Eric Spolster, considered to be one of, if not the best current coaches in the NBA. We were ready to call this series done in part because of the coaches. Now that we are down to a game seven, it might be time to revisit the conversation. It's a Fitz and Harry takeover of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz presented by, uh, sorry, brought to you by Beacon. Beacon and the Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere 24-7. Beacon always building. The Celtics have been building the last few games, Harry, and I just want I, I want to play this for you because uh, this is well, this is you from our show, Fitz and Harry, uh, last week, and this was uh, I think a fair and honest moment after we watched the Heat go down. I want you to hear this so that we can figure out if it's if we're ready to revisit. This is Harry Douglas from Fitz and Harry, the glorious ESPN radio show. You can hear noon to three Eastern. There have been moments in this series, and I will say throughout this playoffs, where we've questioned Joe Mazzullo on so many levels. And he said his team wasn't ready, but I would ask, is Joe Mazzula ready for these moments? Because in this series so far, it looked like he doesn't. Now we go into game seven, Harry. Are we rethinking this Mazzula thought? Yeah, 100%. And 
up until that point when I made that statement, you had things transpire. You had things that happened in the Philadelphia 76ers series. You had things that went down in um, the wrong way for the Boston Celtics in this series. But I think now, you know, the Boston Celtics had their backs against the walls um, when they were down 0-3. But Joe Mazzulla being able to galvanize his players and keep them together and keep them um, together and have the mindset to fight and take one game at a time has been phenomenal. And we've been seeing some greatness from Joe Mazzulla of late. I'm going to point out things that happened in game six. Jalen Brown gets his four foul with 949 left in the third quarter. That's huge in this ball game, right? But Joe Mazzulla rolled the dice because he's seen his team struggling a little bit offensively. Jason Tatum had zero points in that third quarter. He put him back in the game, Jalen Brown, that is, with 5.30 left in the game. Well, Jalen Brown, as soon as he came back in, scored a basket and ended up scoring six uh, points in that stretch. He also he scored, ended up scoring eight totally in that third. But then you get to the fourth quarter and Jalen Brown gives you seven points. So at that moment, Joe Mazzulla rolled the dice and bet on one of his best player or his second best player because he needed that offensive lift and he hit the jackpot. Because Jalen Brown was able to be phenomenal in scoring the basketball from the free throw line and also from the field, giving him 15 points and giving the Boston Celtics 15 points in the second half, 15 of his 26. So I love that about Joe Mazzulla. Also, the last play of the game. Sometimes we see things happen on the basketball court, and it's because what your coaches preach and teach every single day. We've seen a guy in Derek White not standing around and just watching the play. Well, if Joe Mazzulla lets him stand around and just watch the play, is that going to happen? No, he probably doesn't allow that to happen. He teaches those guys to crash the boards. But also, understanding that within that last play, they're probably going to take Jason Tatum away. Getting to your second option and making sure that you, Derek White, the guy taking the basketball out, find somebody else, Marcus Smart making himself available to put them in a situation to get the tip back and win the game. So those are two things that, that really stood out to me. And then the third thing, though, when he was able to challenge the shot by Jimmy Butler to see if it was a foul or not, a lot of people from the Boston Celtics hated that he was challenging that. Well, guess what? If he didn't challenge it, you wouldn't have had enough time for Derek White to get that put back and win the basketball game. So just three plays in uh, three situations in that game six that I thought Joe Mazzulla did a great job of. And now he's at a point in his career where we were questioning a lot of things. But I think right now at this moment, this can be one of the greatest, I think, narrative shifts in NBA history as well as the comeback if the Boston Celtics can get this done. I, I think about just the way everybody in this industry, the way our jobs work. Like, I've, I've said this to you before, but, you know, one of the weirdest things about what we do is we sit in front of a microphone and we give a book report after every chapter of a book. So sometimes you might have read one chapter of a book. Now you have to give a report. It's the best book ever. And mm-hmm. then the ending sucks, right? Sometimes it's the opposite. Like, it was a terrible book, but the ending's great. Like, th- this is just the inevitability of what we do. Joe Mazzulla particularly has an incredibly limited, limited body of work. I don't think it's unfair to look at big moments in these playoffs where the Celtics haven't shown up, where he said, well, I just don't have the guys ready. We've questioned the stars, and we've got questioned the coach 
at different times throughout the course of this playoff. I think all of that is fair given the way they played. I also think that the one thing that you and I were asking for from the Celtics was something we've seen in the past, was a better defensive identity. And we yep. haven't seen it. We saw it under Ime Adoka. We haven't seen it under Missoula. Over the last three games, we have seen it under Missoula. You mentioned it earlier. Like It feels like defensively right now the Celtics are confusing Bam and Jimmy. Those are specific things that are being adjusted by Missoula that speaks to the job he's doing. I, I think it's fair after three games watching this team find weird ways to lose, and particularly the way they lay down in game three, and to say, what the hell is going on? It's now fair after three more games to say, man, Missoula was backed into a corner and he punched his way out. I have nothing but respect for the ability of a coach to do that. Uh, We've got uh, some calls uh, that want to get in on this. Darren in Connecticut. Darren, thanks for calling the show, man. What do you got for us? Oh, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Um, just want to give Joe a shout out. You guys said it, you know, really well in the last segment there. But I feel like we live in a society and a world now where it's, you know, we need instant gratitude and success. And you know, the media was calling for this guy's job, and you know, we all forget that he's really young, and this is his first year coaching, and he's even coaching guys that are older than him. So. You know, he's made so many adjustments in this series, and I think we just need to give him more credit than we're, than we're you know, currently giving him. I don't think you're wrong, and I, I, I think he – let me say it this way, Harry. I think now he's getting credit that is fair for the work that is being done right now. Like, Correct. It, there's just a different level of pressure. Like, no. when you're 34 and you're the Celtics coach, I'm sorry, it's going to be different than if you're 34 and you're the Pacers coach, right? Like, there's just more mm-hmm. eyes with this team and their pass going to the finals. There were going to be more eyes on the job and more scrutiny on the job Missoula does. Well, I want to give him a lot of credit because he's been able to adjust and learn on the fly, right? And in an NBA playoffs, in an Eastern Conference finals, he's been able to do that. That's not easy to do. Like normally, like guys, you know, his age that are young coming up trying to do tremendous things, they wait to the offseason to try to figure out what things that they did wrong. No, he's took it upon himself to self-reflect. I love how he is with the media now. He's not, you know, giving those sound bites where you could tell he's irritated by certain things that the media is being said. He's uh, uh, answering things head on, but also – he has his players responding. That is key in all this. The adjustments that he's making, but also his players have responded. So that lets me know that he does have their ear. Triple eight, say ESPN 888-729-3776. We're going to let you guys keep chiming in all over. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz taking over for Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max this morning. And uh, yeah, let, let's. I want to break down a little bit of what you said because you just talked about some of the developments that have happened. We're mm-hmm. going to take your calls, but realistically, there was one huge development in Game 6. And the craziest part about it is it should have helped the Heat win. Can it be replicated? We'll answer that for you next. Fitz and Harry filling in for Keyshawn J. Will and Max on the ESPN. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. 
Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.